0: Thank you guys for joining me for the grocery shopping this week. With now that it's three of us, it's becoming a much bigger load.
1: Hey, listen, I I have a BJ's card. Come on, wholesale cereal. Let's do this. You know, Ooh. we we should
0: expand the the breakfast foods.
1: Hey, I am a mean fried egg, so let's do this.
0: Oh, uh, I don't know. I think we could use
2: some Link sausages.
1: Link sausages? Where are you seeing that?
2: Right over there, big bag of them. This is a new brand. I didn't
0: know that there was Zelda Link sausages. Ignoring that obvious pun, let's see: jar of peanut butter, jar of grape jelly, jar of strawberry jam, jar of evil. Wait, what? Jar of evil.
1: <clears throat> um,
0: now with eighty percent more tektite. Ew. Um, I think you better leave her it,
2: Leave her it alone
1: Yeah leave that one there Otherwise we'll never have Chris over at the house Ever again
2: I hey, hear those jars are hard to open anyways You have to try force
1: There are too many cartoons But they'll watch, watch Them all, all.
0: The, the Penny and James, James the sort of hopefully funny, funny Cartoon podcast, podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm James Irish. I'm Pembroke W. Corgi. And I'm Chrissy Harding. Pembroke is sitting in the corner for all the bad puns in the opening.
1: Sorry, Sunset.
0: I'm a bad boy. Welcome to the Pemmy, Chrissy, and James kind of sort of hopefully funny cartoon podcast. And this is part two of our coverage of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. We just decided to split the two different cartoons up since... They're both so totally different. It really made more sense to just cover them separately.
1: That, and you really can't contain so much horribleness in one episode. You really couldn't. And I'm a Zelda fan.
0: Yes, it is The Legend of Zelda, the Friday feature on the Super Mario Bros. Super Show. It's The Legend of Zelda, and it's really rad. Those creatures from Ganon are really bad. Wiki, wiki, wiki. <laughs> A huge thank you goes out to Polygon's Nicole Carpenter and her article, Excuse Me, Princess! An Oral History of the Legend of Zelda cartoon, for a healthy chunk of the information in this podcast, and for verifying that I didn't dream some of the things I remember reading about this show as a kid.
1: Yeah, this this show is one of those ones where you're like, Did it happen? It couldn't have happened. Nothing's that bad. And then, then you're watching like, oh... Yeah, they did go there, didn't they?
2: I, I will say that despite all of its faults, I do kind of feel like this show's overly hated.
1: <laughs> you know, this is a show when you go back and watch it as an adult, you do appreciate some of the uh, things that they did get away with. The 80s was a crazy time. It lot really of camp,
2: was. A lot of camp, oh. a lot of cheesiness, a surprising amount of horniness for a kid's show.
1: <laughs> yeah. I almost want to say this yeah. one, th- this was aimed for teen- teenagers. It really was.
2: Yeah, but which just makes it even weirder because that the Mario wraparounds really don't feel like that's their target.
1: <laughs> oh, not at all. This was a show that they put on Fridays, and I think they did it to be like, Hey, you guys dealt with us throughout the week, you teenagers. Here, this is something for you.
0: So even back in 1989, it was no surprise to Nintendo fans that The Legend of Zelda would be one of the properties to get its own cartoon, even if only as a -a once-a-week feature in the otherwise all-Mario-all-the-time Super Mario Super Show. Drawing upon influential works like the Tower of Druaga and computer RPGs of the era like Wizardry, Shigeru Miyamoto's hybrid of adventure, action, and role-playing games was very much on the bleeding edge of the gaming zeitgeist in the mid nineteen eighties.
1: And if you want to hear more of the breakdown of that, check out the Gaming Street regulars one that we did uh, episode we did of that.
0: Yeah, well, back in the pandemic days.
1: hmm You'll also hear my old dog Oscar snoring in the background. Yeah, because that was funny.
0: So released in nineteen eighty six on the Famicom disk system in Japan. And the following year, on the Nintendo Entertainment System in North America and Europe, U.S. audiences latched onto this epic adventure right from the word Hyrule and haven't truly let go of the franchise since, the absolutely weird initial advertising campaign notwithstanding. Wiki, wiki, wiki.
1: Although that's hilarious to go back and watch. Definitely. Oh, yeah.
0: It's arguably the game that convinced my dad that an NES would be a worthwhile investment, since he bought Zelda right alongside the console the very year that
1: game came out. My father was the golf game. I
0: think that was the same with my
2: dad, too, honestly. But
1: Which just proves, James, that your dad had a, higher, had a higher level of sophistication when it came to video games than both of our parents.
0: Well, he bought golf not not soon thereafter, but it's a good golf game. Yeah,
2: the only games I could get my dad to play with me were either Sports Games, Anticipation, or
0: Jeopardy.
1: My dad played Mario Brothers, but my dad was a huge golf fan, so that's why he liked golf.
0: So we're not going to recover the ground we covered in our Captain Ed and Super Mario Brothers episodes, so Mm -hmm. we'll just cut to the chase. The premise for the Zelda cartoon reads like, well, a Saturday morning take on the game. With the heroic Link and the Princess Zelda... Perpetually battling against the evil pig wizard thing, Ganon, rather than engaging in one singular campaign against him that ends in his perishing. For now. Yeah. Ganon possesses the Triforce of Power, while the heroes maintain their hold on the Triforce of Wisdom. These are mystical artifacts, and that both parties want to unite them for. Either ill-purpose, or simply to prevent said ill-purpose.
2: As I say in the intro, whoever gets both Triforces get to rule the land forever. Seemly. Maybe.
1: Sort of. Yeah, the Triforces weren't nearly
0: as defined then as they are now. And even now they can be a little nebulous.
2: They're, they're also less Triforce-shaped and more pyramid-shaped in this, but hey, they have some kind of neat effects going on for for them.
1: That's fair. You just kind of sit there as you're, as you're looking at them and just like, it's a triforce and it's like, but there's two of them. Well, as a kid, you didn't really question it all that much. Well, They're that, glowing You pyramids. know it was
0: triangular, so.
1: And that's fair. Kid, kid logic can be both interesting and very flexible at the same time. Right. Look at how often we got out of homework.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: So Ganon
0: calls forth endless waves of minions from his jar of evil to assist his campaign, coming off as kind of a porcine skeletor in the process. And I have to admit, to adapt the mechanics of Link having to fend off endless waves of reappearing enemies over and over, having them coming back and forth from this jar of evil MacGuffin isn't the worst idea I've ever heard. I think
1: it's actually kind of clever. It is.
0: I think it
2: actually is kind of cool, too. It just looks cool. Yeah. Though, I, I got questions because even Seemly Ganon can be revived by it, which, I don't know. It's like, if he can just be revived by it, then how do you even get rid of him?
1: That is a question the Zelda series is still answering to this day.
0: Now, while the second game, The Adventure of Link, was finally fully out in 1989 thanks to the notorious chip shortage caused by the sheer success of the NES, the cartoon only uses a few creatures from it in its 13-episode run, choosing instead to principally focus on content and themes from the first game. So there's no third Triforce, Courage, no towns with names like Ruto, even though we see some towns here and there, and none of the bosses like Horsehead, etc., This was despite Nintendo initially asking the team to focus on the second game, as it turns out.
1: I'm wondering if a lot of that was just the fact that they were probably still trying to get their feet under them, storytelling-wise. I think if there maybe was a second season that we might have seen more of that. Yeah.
0: And there's a lot of overlapping enemies between the first two games. I mean, both have very prominent Moblin presences. Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering for a second if by chance
2: they were they got confused and was like, oh, they want us to focus on the second game on the Mario cartoon.
1: Alright. Could be. I mean, it is Deke.
2: I mean, the Mario cartoon did do a lot of focus on the,
1: the second, second game. game. Bob
0: Forward, the story editor for the Zelda cartoons, himself wasn't a gamer. But with the materials Nintendo sent to Deke, he was able to get more than merely the broad strokes of the setting. Beyond that, they had little interference from Deke or Nintendo, since both were far more focused on the Mario portions of the show. When they put Zelda in pants and boots rather than a dress, Nintendo apparently loved it. This is also how the team seems to have gotten away with basing the relationship between the two main heroes on the series Moonlighting, of all things.
1: That was a hit back then, so oh, I mean... For sure. I think so, I think it also made sense because I mean, if you had the two characters being like we're in love, it doesn't make as much.
2: So Link um, is Bruce Willis, is what you're telling me.
1: Yeah.
0: Yippee ki yay! Anyways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think we're to that point of of, a lot of swearing on the show yet.
0: And <laughs> probably should not get to that point if we want to remain a mostly all ages podcast. That's fair. <laughs> With a dash of Steve Martin thrown in for good measure, the relationship between Link and Zelda is not one they always mutually appreciate. And regardless of this lack of overall oversight, the team did a brilliant job translating the designs of the monsters of the games that they did use into animated form. That work being a considerable highlight of the show, you know, yeah. seeing the Aquamentus and the Moblins and the. And the Gleok and all of them Zora. faithfully adapted is really yeah. nice.
1: The Zoras look really good in this show. Oh, yeah. Which is hard, because because when you look at them in the in the game, you're just like, what the heck are you? It's the head. <laughs> yeah, it's just the head. You don't see the rest of them. So they did a good job translating them.
0: Now, our hero, the moody and sometimes surly teenage Link, is voiced by Jonathan Potts who had previously received his first reoccurring role as Troy Jeffries on Deke's Beverly Hills teen series, and remains active in live action to this day, notably on Netflix's Ginny and Georgia. But you know him from somewhere else, right, Pemmy? Yeah, he was in uh, the movie Jason X,
2: and he dies off camera. He, he's the one who delivers the very infamous line from that. It's like, it's all right, guys, he just wanted his machete back before dying.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. don't give the killer back his weapon.
0: Jason X is certainly a movie. That's fair. Zelda, meanwhile, is performed by Cynthia Preston in her first reoccurring role, and she'd go on to be the lead in 19 movies and spend three years on General Hospital as Faith Roscoe. Gannon's gruff growls are supplied by Len Carlson, who had been active since the 1960s on Grant Ray Lawrence's Marvel Superheroes and the subsequent Spider-Man cartoons, giving him the distinction of being the first voice of such characters as Loki, Quicksilver, and the Green Goblin, as well as voicing Burt Raccoon on the much-loved Canadian animated series The Raccoons, amongst numerous other roles.
1: I love that cartoon.
0: He, yeah, he's also Sergeant Staff on uh, on the ALF cartoon. I think he appears in a few Deke shows, actually. Oh, that's cool. And the King of Hyrule is performed by Colin Fox, arguably best known for the role of Nelson in the Chris Farley vehicle, Tommy Boy. Wow.
1: Hmm. I learn something new every time on this podcast.
0: Now, there was one mandate that Nintendo did enforce, which was not to make up any new characters specifically for the show. Contrary to the Mario cartoon.
2: (laughs) But that, that's fair. <laughs> I don't think the King of Hyrule was in
0: the Zelda
2: games previously. Maybe he was in some of the flavor text in the instruction manual. He
1: was.
0: Yeah, I, I'm thinking principally the Zelda 2 instruction manual.
1: That actually explains the legend of Zelda. My historia of Hyrule is somewhere around here. I won't get it, though. I won't get that nerdy. So the team had to get a
0: little creative flushing out the cast after the initial trio and the king. Giving Link a fairy companion was a natural fit with the role fairies play in both games as restoring his health. So we get Sprite, spelled with a Y, performed by the ever-versatile Tabitha St. Germain under the pseudonym Paulina Gillis. Now at this point, Tabitha had previously worked with Deke on the Hasbro toy tie-in Cops as Misdemeanor, and she'd continue working with them on Nintendo cartoons. Yeah, I know her especially from the Super Mario
2: 3 cartoon where she's a uh, Cootie Pie Koopa.
1: Oh, really? Oh, their version of Wendy. Yeah. I will say, I when I first, once uh, Ocarina of Time came out and they introduced Navi, and I'm like, oh god, it's Sprite. <laughs> Just with less lines.
2: I actually met Tabitha St. Germain at a My Little Pony convention because she's Rarity. Oh, cool. And she was really nice, and she actually did the Cootie Pie Koopa voice for me,
0: so that was cool.
1: Oh, that's neat.
0: Needless to say, she's so prolific that vocal performances from her are not a rarity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Past that, though, the team at Deke turns to a somewhat unlikely idea to further flesh out the cast, giving the Triforces voices of their own. Hence... The Wisdom Triforce is performed by Elizabeth Hanna, and the Power Chunk is voiced once by Alan Stewart Coates.
1: Yeah, you don't hear much from the Power One.
0: Hanna would be more familiar to audiences as Hen in the preschool series Little Bear, and the English-dubbed voice of those unsung precursors to the Minions, Tron Servbots, in the Mega Man Legends games.
1: Wow, I wonder if Elizabeth Hannah is related to, like, William
0: Hannah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Stuart Coates, meanwhile, would probably be best known outside this show as Voltaire in the Beyblade cartoon. Now, the one last thing I want to mention before we dive into our episode uh, reviews, the versions of these cartoons available through official channels on YouTube and Tubi are missing their original accompanying Super Mario Bros. Super Show live-action segments. They have to be hunted down independently, but you can find them and, you know, just scroll down a little, you'll get a version of the complete episodes.
1: Yeah, I found that out by accident.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the case for, like, the DVD releases, too. I think they just put the Zelda cartoons on there. Weirdly, like, the release I have... Includes the Super Mario Brothers Super Show intro, but then goes into the Zelda cartoon rather oh, than, you know, right. but still cuts out
1: the live action bits. Uh, so about Elizabeth Hannah because I my curiosity always gets the best of me. So she is not related to William uh, Will Hannah from Hannah and Barbara. Darn, but she's a speech language pathologist.
2: Okay, On top
1: of being an actress and a voice actress, that's kind of cool. That is cool. So go her. She was also on the cartoon, the raccoons too, because they showed up some of the characters she played. So that's kind of neat. All right.
2: I, I didn't, Bert was the one with the broken nose, right? Yes. Yeah. I could not watch that show as a kid because his nose just
0: freaking bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I'm being honest, uh, it's the removal of the Mario segments hurts this first episode the most, The Ringer which is written by Bob Forward. Because this is the one where Ernie Hudson is the guest star. Ernie, I wasn't allowed to play
2: Winston in the real Ghostbusters cartoon Hudson, despite trying
0: for it.
1: Yeah, that was a missed opportunity, Deke. Just saying.
0: So the Mario Brothers are fighting off slimy ghosts. And I gotta admit, Luigi fending one off with a broom made me laugh.
1: I wonder if this gave them like the uh, the kind of a kind of inspired a little bit of Luigi's Mansion.
0: Yeah, you never know.
1: I know. Really and funny.
0: Ernie arrives representing the Slime Busters alone, since he lost the coin toss. Ha! <laughs> you know, I'll bet knowing that Dan Aykroyd was a religious watcher of the real Ghostbusters cartoon, I'll bet Dee could have gotten him if they asked. It probably would have been out of their budget, though. True. But hey, with Deke, of course, making the real Ghostbusters cartoon, they already have the music cues and sound effects on hand at no extra cost. Yep. Yeah. They definitely use the proton
2: sound effect. I also want to say, I love how Luigi gets pulled into the room, but you still see his hand holding on and his leg, like, (laughs) in the doorway.
0: (laughs) Yes. And you know what? There's even a couple really good lines in this bit, especially when Ernie says... If I'm not back in ten minutes, put a dime in the meter. I (laughs) gotcha. Yeah,
1: this this was good.
0: So our cartoon proper begins as a grouchy Link begrudgingly wakes up next to the Triforce of Wisdom, which is kept in his chambers, so it's always being guarded. Not a bad detail to start. No, but man... Never would I imagine hearing someone complain about getting to sleep in a bed. <laughs> yeah, Link laments his boring life in Hyrule compared to his pastimes roaming and fighting monsters as he pleased. Oh, dang it! You know I'm going to have to reference something
2: after you say that, James. It sure is boring around here. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had some CDI flashbacks. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, I'm so sorry. I try to pretend they don't exist.
0: Despite his dissatisfaction with his lot in life, he stays because he's crushing hard on Princess Zelda, who he spots on her balcony and wolf whistles at her. Looking good, Princess, especially from this angle. Whoa! There's one that flew over my head as a kid!
2: Did I mention this cartoon is surprisingly horny for a kids show? Should,
1: should I mention that this, by the way, the list that I pulled these from, uh, these was a list uh, called the top five episodes from this cartoon, and this was number one. Really? Yeah.
2: My favorite episode's "Missing Link," where Link is half dead.
1: I you know what, that was the other one I was gonna recommend too, but I went with these two so we could have a contrast.
2: Oh, I, I'm fine I, I'm fine with you doing these two because I actually did missing link on cartoon catastrophe, so you know that Oh that's, cool. So I'm not repeating retreading area here.
1: Oh cool.
0: Yeah, we're hey. probably not gonna retread area until we get to Johnny Cypher. <laughs> because some of those we just have to do. <laughs>
1: Oh, boy.
0: So Sprite playfully scolds Zelda for not wearing the robe she suggested, and Zelda storms off in an understandable huff. Link barely seems to care he offended her as a pair of Moblins ambush him from behind. Now, real quickly, for those who are not immersed in Zelda lore, Moblins are bulldog-like bipedal folks, beasties that are regulars in Ganon's army, orcs by any other name, in other words. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Link fends him off with his master sword and a pillow, dispatching them completely. These defeats, as we mentioned before, are not lethal. It just sends the Moblins back to the Jar of Evil. Well, at least he gets rid of them.
1: It does. Um... And
2: I'm sure the people working on this show are really glad that Link's sword can shoot beams in the game because that definitely helps with, uh, you know, the violence level
1: you know yeah and it does i also like to say that there's times when they show his sword and i'm like i don't know if it's so much a sword as a it dagger
2: like uh, a little bit of an oversized dagger yeah
1: yeah it's like, it's like it's not quite a sword, but it's not quite a dagger so is it swagger
0: <laughs> link's got swagger the only time he does picking up a bow the beasties left behind link answers the door and expects a kiss from zelda only to get slapped.
1: He was very optimistic that she knew what happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Zelda's not happy with his whistling or the mess he left, and Lynx explains it was Moblins in a self-aggrandizing manner. I do have to admit, I mean, considering there
2: was overturned tables and everything, I think Zelda should have been able to assume that this wasn't Link being dirty and this was something happened. <laughs>
1: I'm also of the mindset that Zelda doesn't always have a very high opinion of Link, considering like he's like, I was traveling, I was an adventurer, I don't like this kept lifestyle. And I'm pretty sure she probably is like, the dude doesn't know how to keep a room clean.
0: Now the princess assigns him to keep guard all day, and Link tries to argue as Zelda races to judge an amateur magic contest. Now I got questions. Are there no other guards in this castle?
1: No, I think I think we are on the now. Wait, just a minute, territory. Because I agree with you. Where are the other guards? And if there
0: are, and the Moblins dispatched them, shouldn't refortifying the way they got in and seeing to the no doubt wounded guards be as much of concern?
1: Gr- now, yes.
0: <laughs> now look, I'm not quite going full bore on this yet, because the 15 minute runtime allotted for the cartoon means Bob Ford has to be careful which details they do and don't pay attention to, but a magic contest can wait compared to making sure a massive gap in your defenses of an intensely powerful artifact is properly patched up.
1: Besides, her dad can go do it, but if she did do that, we wouldn't have a show.
0: I was about to say, that does seem more like her dad's job than hers. Yeah, her her dad seems to be a doddering old
2: fool. I I do want to say a random detail, um... Other than I just love the use of the game sound effects they do in these Oh shows. my god, I
1: love how they do that too. That was like, that made me giggle every time that they did it. I was like, I love That team. is one of the
2: best parts. Yeah. I, I also wanted to say though that that uh, design they had for the bow was actually pretty cool. Like, it, it's mm. like made out of like bone femurs. I, I thought that was actually a neat little design. choice. And I
1: feel it fits the Moblins too, because it is one of their bows. So I'm like, I feel it fits their motif quite well. And I want his bag of holding.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a cute little way to get to illustrate his massive inventory.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because they would
2: do that, like, the items are able to shrink and grow, and, I, yeah, nice little way to do that without, you know, replicating that one image they have in, I think it was either Zelda 1 or Zelda 2's instruction manual that actually has Link holding all the items on his <laughs> back
0: or something.
1: Oh my god, I know, and you're just like, dude, how? Anyhow,
0: Link's raging transitions to Ganon's raging at his minions' incompetence as he teleports around his lair.
1: Ganon, they got close! Like, lower lower your bar, dude! He
0: punishes the Moblin trio with magical energy, teleports to his throne, and complains he has to do it himself. Well, if three Moblins you believe to be Bubblers could get that close to it, oh, never mind. I'll be fighting this battle all episode if I don't drop it.
1: I'm telling you, like, lower your bar, Ganon.
0: <laughs> Maybe Ganon's
2: been cooped up all day and he just needs to get out a bit. He's just using I, it as an excuse.
1: I, I agree with that. Like, dude, you your guys got closer than Skeletor's guys ever did. Like, calm down. Calm, calm, slow your roll there, dude. Just slow your roll. <laughs> like, they got close.
2: Also, can can I add that I, I kind of love Gannon's just random warping around while he talks. It's kind oh, of a neat effect. And game kidding.
0: accurate. Yeah.
1: That's true. That is true. He does do that a lot, and it's annoying as hell. <laughs> You're trying to kill him.
0: He decides to enter the magic contest in disguise, despite the Triforce of Power stating he's no amateur. Yeah, but they don't have to know that. Yeah. And also, he exposits he can't teleport as well in the overworld as he can in his underworld lair. So he summons from the jar a quartet of Staphos skeletons that he disguises in robes and elaborate helmets to cover their appearance as they carry him via a... What
1: do you call that? A catamaran?
2: Yeah, I don't know.
1: I'm going to say go a catamaran right now. Okay. Uh, you know, this just this just shows the idea from Spaceballs when, you know, Dark Helmet says evil always triumph because good is dumb. That he thinks that disguise wor- is going to work. And it does.
0: Yep. At the castle, we see Zelda getting overly ripened tomato all over her thanks to one wizard spell working too well.
1: well she kind of deserved it for, you know, picking the contest over, you know protecting the
2: Triforce. Yeah. Well she also kind of deserves it for how mean she was to Link earlier, let's be honest. I mean I get the whole being mad about him whistling at her that I'm not defending Link on that. But the whole like bit where she's like we need to protect this Triforce we and by we I mean you. <laughs> it's just like Yeah. Geez. Like
1: if you really care about it like why aren't you doing more girl? I
0: like, think we could sum it up by saying these two deserve each other.
1: I am not arguing that at this point. Yes, they do.
0: Ganon's cackle signals his disguised approach, and he demonstrates his magic bona fides by conjuring a bird, and Zelda allows him entry and asks he wait his turn, which is just fine by Ganon. It gives him the chance to turn the bird into a bat, either a keys or an ache, depending on which game. Those sources like the Zelda Wiki and ZeldaUniverse.net, identified as an ache. It looks closer to the original art design of the keys, but really, this scarcely matters. A bat is a bat.
1: And they're cute. And it talks.
0: Yeah. I'm more surprised that,
2: you know, conjuring up a living creature out of nowhere still constitutes as amateur magic.
1: (laughs) I know. I know. I'm like... Apparently, to Ganon, that's amateur. Like,
2: see, we to Zelda, too.
1: Yeah, I'm like, admittedly, let's... that's an
0: interesting thought. But then I think to myself, we see the blacksmith casually using magic in the next cartoon.
1: That's fair. And even Zelda says Hyrule is so infused with magic, that's why Ganon wants it so much. But he's still conjuring a living being. Oh, well. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the bat spies Link, asking Sprite for advice on Zelda, and she tells him to stick with her despite the height difference.
1: <laughs>
0: what you don't like short girls? I, I'm gonna be honest, that's a funny bit of dialogue. I agree. For reference, Sprite is three inches tall. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's a fairy. The bat reports back to Ganon, and Ganon resolves to remove Link from the equation. By turning a small newt, another contestant summoned, into a massive fire-breathing dragon! <laughs> Alright. Sadly, not an Aquamentis or a But they do appear later. Yeah. After commercials, Link leaps out of the tower and swings into action via a rope. He can't get a clear shot thanks to the dragon fire, but Zelda tosses a silver platter into the air for him to ricochet his blasts off. Also, that's a heck of a shield Link has there, taking on full, like, dragon fire like it's nothing. Yeah. Zelda shows gratitude by scolding him for leaving his post, and they're interrupted by Sprite shrieking over Ganon's invasion. I'm going to say that this
2: is one of the cases where Link's, will excuse me, princess, it's well-deserved.
1: I
0: agree. Yeah. The warlock flicks Sprite away with his fingers and leaps out escaping via his staff companions. Link says they'll never catch him now. Oh, oh this is coming so close to invoking my full wrath. Do Shouldn't it. Link's first inclination be to go after him right that second? Do they not have horses? Well, you know, opponent hasn't become
1: a thing yet.
2: Well, he has a horse in the next episode. They were in the stables. They weren't easily accessible from there. Okay. And besides they need an excuse to use a cool effect, which they do.
1: Yeah. You gotta let the wizards show off their skills a little bit. You see, Zelda does have a plan.
0: Grabbing a walnut from the from the tray she had tossed earlier, and telling the first amateur wizard to use his growing spell on it. The resulting vine is roped up by Zelda to catapult her and Link right off at Ganon. Link's my kind of girl line gets no lip sync. <laughs> Maybe they added it last minute. Maybe. But off they go into the air, and Zelda asks how they're going to get down. That's it! Now wait just a minute! She didn't
1: have a plan for for what was her idea? Wait, you think she's going to think that far ahead?
2: Uh, They are in a rush at the moment. I mean, Ganon's got the Triforce.
1: I mean, I do agree. It's like, lady, what goes up has to eventually come down. Like, work with me here. You're supposed to be the smart one.
2: Well, oh. there's something smart about both of them. They're smart asses. Oh, wait, I can't say that.
1: No, yes, you can. It's, uh, all, it's all one word.
0: It's a synonym for donkey. We can get get away with it in a peachy environment.
1: Also, considering, you know, how, you know, Bob Forward and the animators drew Zelda, they also think the same thing, too. <laughs>
2: yeah those character design model sheets um...
1: yeah <laughs> yes yes
2: you someone really liked was... Zelda
1: <laughs> yeah uh, you could definitely tell there was some fan service going on there that's all I'm gonna say so
0: long story short too late
1: Blink mm-hmm.
0: just splats on the ground after his fall is broken by the trees and Zelda lands in his lap his first thought a kiss what else
1: of course. He's horny. I mean,
0: I think he's supposed to be 16 in this show,
2: so... That's fair. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but when I was 16...
1: <laughs> I mean, he had a girl fall right in his lap. Yeah. <laughs> a beautiful girl who's a princess, and he has to work very closely with. And it's based off of Moonlighting.
2: And wears sho- yoga
0: pants, seemingly.
1: Or, you know, leggings. Take your pick.
0: Ganon arrives right then and there, and Link stops him by zapping a Staphos, sending the pig to the ground.
1: Are we really sure that Ganon is the pig in this episode?
2: Huh? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but I hear Z- Ganon's not a very fun guy. I hear he's quite the boar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a better, better descriptor for Ganon. He's the boar. <laughs> the boar to um. the ground.
0: Let's not let this diversion hog the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: good. Reinforcements are called in as Link hands Zelda the bow from earlier, and the heroes go back-to-back, tied with Link's belt. It definitely, uh... That was a choice. Def- <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely a choice. Definitely a... You know, there's ways you could have said that, and fortunately you didn't say that Link gave her the belt, so...
1: Yeah...
0: Ganon has to tell his skeleton goons and even demonstrate how to fight right in the middle of his escape. Wow. Every character is getting a turn with the idiot ball today, folks. Ganon has been playing Mike Tyson's punch out, it seems. Or Urban Champion.
1: Is he getting a turn with the idiot ball or are they all getting hit with the idiot stick? It can go either way at this point.
0: After Ganon accidentally dispatches his own goons... The last Staphos tosses a bomb, which Link eventually deflects right to Ganon, causing him to lose the Triforce.
1: And it's a home run, folks, right down the center midfield. Link insists
0: on a kiss yet again, and Zelda has to be convinced due to their being tied by the belt.
1: Yeah, he holds her hostage. Not cool, people. Not cool.
0: No. No. But, just as it's about to happen, Sprite interrupts it, undoes the belt, And sends them both to the ground.
1: Sprite, the initial cock block.
0: (laughs) Ganon, meanwhile, is stuck in his own jar of evil and vows revenge.
1: Well, dude, that's what happens when you go out of your house.
0: Ganon, the original agoraphobic.
1: I know. Seriously. Like, dude, don't leave your house. This is what happens. You end up in your jar of evil and then you're stuck being pissed off again. Like, come on.
2: You're stuck regenerating for gosh no knows how long. Mm-hmm. I,
1: Until the next episode, at least.
2: Yeah. I, I wonder if the like it's the Triforce of Power that allows him to just keep regenerating in that.
1: If I was the Triforce of Power, I would be sitting there and taunting him while he is in the Jar of Evil. I would be like, I told you so. I told you so. No one listens to me.
0: The live-action bits with Ernie Hudson conclude with a possessed Luigi eating a plate of pizza, minus the pizza. And Ernie eventually trapping the ghost in a pizza pan. Good stuff! For a certain definition of cute.
2: Fortunately, Luigi's okay, but the pan wants Ernie to get him the heck out of there.
1: (laughs) He's like, let's go. We need out. I'm done. These people are weird.
2: And they
0: all laugh. Yep. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This was rougher than I'd have liked. Now, it does set up characters and motivations, and some setting rules handily. But I found much of the rest of the episode's execution to be clumsy, and not particularly thought out. Still, it was only episode 101. Surely we can chalk this up to a patchy start, right? Right? Yeah, Sure. Sure. Let's see how the other episode we're looking at fares after this break. On our next podcast, banded together from across DC Comics, are 13 of the most notorious supervillains that Hannah Barbera could get the rights to. Challenge of the Super Friends was arguably the most ambitious superhero cartoon to that point, and also one of the wildest to look back on. Answer the Trouble Alert with us in two weeks. So our next episode is The White Knight, also written by Bob Forward. And the (laughs) live-action subplot, Wild Things, opens with the brothers getting their electricity repaired by Edison, a reoccurring what's-it character in the live-action bits but it ultimately revolves around some girl named Marilyn, who I believe is a niece or something like yeah. that. That's what she says. She calls him Unk. So yep. So she shows up and starts a loud dance party while the brothers are just trying to have a quiet weekend, and they're reluctant to kick her and her friends out. Marilyn is played by Moon Unit Zappa, the daughter of rock music iconoclast Frank Zappa. And yes, that's her real name.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Hey, Frank Zappa had some very interesting names for his kids.
0: Yeah, Ahmed and Dweezil? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I guess that's better than George, 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 and George. Yes, thank you, George
0: Foreman. (laughs) Now, cartoon proper begins, and a dashing white knight on a noble steed approaches a village where Link is getting his horse reshoed, and the blacksmith uses a little magic himself. The heroic duo muse about Hyrule's sheer volume of magic, and it's why Ganon wants it so bad, as another invasion of his goons arrives. This time they're tin suits, which look a lot like the Armos enemies in the first game, though the Armos proper appear in another episode. And some wikis confuse these with the, uh, the Wolos enemies from Zelda 2.
1: Yeah, it's hard with these ones because they all look very similar. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a couple different wikis will identify them as different things. Like Zelda d- Dungeons identify them as one thing. Zelda Universe will be like, "Oh, it's this." It it gets it gets hairy. It yeah. gets pretty hairy.
2: Wait, is Tin Suits an actual name for a Zelda enemy?
1: <sighs> I don't know. Not really. I didn't think so. It isn't. It's a, it's what they call them in the game. I think it's almost like kind of like a nickname mm. for it that they use. And then it's not like it's a made-up. It's not like they're made-up characters. It's a, it's a nickname that they used. So... And back then they really didn't identify... Like, a lot of Zelda characters, a lot of Zelda enemies had names, but sometimes they didn't always translate over into English too well. So, yeah.
0: So as they're dispatched... One drops a crossbow and a rupee, as others get the upper hand on Link. But with Zelda's help, they almost have it done. But the last one calls in an octorock. The rock-spitting cephalopods that are almost always the first enemies people encounter in the first game. Unless you happen to be one of those weirdos who goes to the left first. Can I have a... wait just a second moment.
2: Or oh, Maybe Go not quite it. that, but... A crossbow? Isn't that a crossbow in Zelda?
1: You know? Well, yeah, there
0: really isn't. No, not officially in the the games. I mean, given the level of high fantasy, I don't suppose it's impossible for crossbows to be in Hyrule. And if it's supposed to be the magic bow, we got that earlier and it was just a skeleton bow.
2: Which looked way cooler, I'm going to throw out.
1: I think um, the crossbow, the closest thing I could say the crossbow is, is probably the magic hook. The hook shot.
2: Well, the no, hookshot didn't come in until like Zelda Three, though.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Keep talking. I'm gonna go pull up because uh, there it, it translates equivalent to something if I remember. Well, oh,
2: maybe it's the second bow. Because isn't there two bows you get? No, that's two arrows. You only get one bow.
1: You only get one bow, but you get two arrows. So anyway,
0: <laughs> launching Link into the mud, the remaining baddies squabble over the rupee. Giving Link an opening to get rid of the last tin suit, but lassoing the Octorok has unintended consequences. This dragging Link along is a bit of a time sink, if I'm being honest. Comedy! Can I mention,
2: though, how Link gets thrown through a frickin' barn? Like, literally through the walls of a barn, and it doesn't really seem to affect him much? I'd at least be in a bit of shock.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But in the end this does serve to introduce the dashing fellow from earlier to the plot he easily dispatches the Octorok and introduces himself as prince facade of arcadia holy meaningful name batman <laughs> also arcadia do you know vice and aka <laughs> arcadia what about uh, uh what about captain harlock fair So upon seeing this prince, Zelda is so smitten, she mistakenly calls Link stink.
2: Oh. And also says that he's her friend. Oh, more like an acquaintance. Or more like, I forgot the third one, but yeah.
0: Like, man, Zelda. Yeah, she's... She screws up. And the prince declines a handshake from the dirtied adventurer. He offers a spot on his saddle to the princess, but there's no room for three. And the prince even swipes the rupee right as Link was going for it.
2: Oh in yeah. the prince's
0: defense he thought it was
2: he thought it came from actually killing the Octorok, which you know
0: he did do. Yeah. Still, mm-hmm. he's not making a great first impression on Link. No, no. or no. us. Nope,
2: and that refused handshake is uh, foreshadowing. I got one question. So Link, they show Link walking to the castle. Couldn't he have just got the horse they had getting shooed? He probably does eventually.
0: I hope. I hope so too. (laughs) The blacksmith has a new horse. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, Ganon is kept abreast of the affairs by the defeated Octorok. And having dealt with the fancy-pants prince before, he decides to use Facade's vanity and aversion to dirt to his advantage. I'm going to ask a question about this prince, but I'm waiting until later.
1: (laughs) Okay. I have a few things to say, too, so...
0: At the palace, the king is congratulating the prince for saving a village single-handedly. Just about everybody is diminishing Link at this point, who is ruefully brooding in his bath as Sprite brings him a towel. I, and we get more of the show's horniness. I just wanted to say, before we get to the horniness,
2: I, I gotta mention that there's this scene where the king looks behind his chair and then asks, where is Link?
1: He <laughs> <And> does. He, <laughs> said, he goes, oh, we have another. We have an adventurer, don't we? Where is he? Like, he, the king actually goes, oh, well, don't we have one of those? Another adventurer? Where is he? Like, the king actually asks, where's Link?
2: Yeah, but I mean, later he also, like, looks behind the chair and then... Ask where is Link, anyways? And I'm
0: just like, you're flying behind your chair, old man! What the heck?
1: Yeah. I, sorry, I mean,
2: I, 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 yeah. I actually laughed at that scene, so I had to mention it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I give kudos to the king. I mean, he's the first person to go, go to actually ask, "Where is Link?" Like Zelda has completely put Link out of her mind because she's superficial and shallow. I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it. Yeah.
0: Uh, but but yes, horniness. Blink of going to this effort to be the kind of prince he thinks Zelda wants, but Sprite... Zelda's a suit! I like you just the way you are. Especially at the moment... Out! Out of here! Let a guy take a bath in peace! (laughs) Wow. Yep! (laughs) Like I said, this show is surprisingly
2: horny for a kid show.
0: In discussing this overall, Pemmy said this was likely a benefit of syndication. So I'm going to sing in the benefits, all
1: right? And it's probably Bob forward. Yeah. I was about to say I was thinking it was more like Sprite. Sprite was like, mm, you know, there's me. Or should we say
2: Bob very forward? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, listen, Bob. We understand you might you might be a Zelda fan. You might be going for that. You know, no kids under 17 stuff. But you know.
0: To stop yeah. now. The prince is regaling the Hyrulean royalty with tales of facing Ganon, boastful as expected. When Link arrives and the clothes sprite got for him, it's a statement.
1: It's an explanation point.
0: I, we really recommend you uh, at least peek at the YouTube version when it goes up if you're only listening on audio, so you can see the screenshot.
1: It's something. It's like he he
0: dressed as a palm tree that won the war.
1: All I can say is, this is a fashion don't. As he claims it to be
0: some old thing he's had for years, he trips over himself, prompting laughter, and Link storms out, ripping the outfit to shreds in his room.
1: I will say at this point, we do see kind of Zelda start to realize she's kind of is being an ass too, Link, because... When she hears the door slam, she does kind of look over and she realizes
2: Yeah, she, she calls to Link
0: a couple she times. She did
1: hurt him, you know. Doesn't not enough to go after him to apologize, of course, because why would she?
0: Right. In his anger, Link quits his post and leaves on his horse Catherine, just as Ganon had hoped he would. I wonder if that I wonder if in the Japanese version of this cartoon
2: that horse is named Birdo. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh! I hope so, because that would be hilarious.
0: With Link out of the picture, Ganon dispatches another group of beasties led by a Zola, a scaly Merfolk type, to capture Zelda. Now the king has fallen asleep from the prince's storytelling. He was probably bored. But Zelda was still quite enraptured with puppy love for the prince.
1: Which just proves that any 16-year-old girl will still fall for a guy with a good line and a good hairline. Don't do it, girls. It ain't worth it.
2: And boy, can the king sleep. I'm going to say that. I agree. I'm jealous. Same.
1: (laughs) Same here. Like, the the dude here is nothing. Absolutely nothing. I want whatever he's having.
2: Yeah, freaking Moblins
0: come in and take his, like, frickin' daughter. He sleeps through the whole dang thing.
1: There's screaming, there's yelling, there's fighting.
0: And there's not just Moblins, there's Tektites, which are, uh, kinda spidery things. Yep. Interesting designs for them, I might add.
1: Yeah, and, and the dude's out like a light. Like, he doesn't even flinch. He, he just sleeps. I'm like, I want what he's having.
2: He's having the Hyrulean Valium.
1: seriously.
0: The beasties overwhelm the prince, who at least backed up his bluster by reaching for a crossbow, and they take the princess. His age
1: sucks.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Zelda shrieks as she's thrown out, loud enough for Link to hear it, and, true to his nature, he only hesitates for a brief moment before returning to aid her. The Zola has Zelda, and Facade pursues, Right until the merfolk descends into the mucky marsh, and the vain prince won't follow. He even says as much right to her face, and her tune changes right on a dime for entirely justifiable reasons.
1: She calls him a fop, (laughs) in the most properly use of the word. Yeah, it's like you can. Oh, sweetie, you back the wrong horse.
0: Ganon cackles with glee as he commands for the swamp entrance to the underworld to be opened. Even in the face of this, the prince won't budge.
1: He's just like, it was nice knowing you.
0: Pretty much. But Link charges in feet first and dispatches the Zola.
1: Now I think we understand why he he he's not actually running his own kingdom. I think he got chased out.
0: And now we have a big animation error, as Zelda is briefly in her standard outfit. Don't, don't. But she thanks Link and admits she's glad he'll do the job. She also forces Prince Facad into the mud with just one angry word.
1: Yeah, he goes. Oh, you're so um, princess. I was so worried about you. I kind of yeah. wish she
2: just full out pushed him into it rather than just
0: yelled at him. Zelda and Link playfully argue over a kiss. The prince shrugs at the fourth wall, and the cartoon concludes. So. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Is the prince more or less
2: vain than Simon Belmont from Captain N? More.
1: I think (laughs) more. That's
2: impressive.
1: (laughs) Because Simon Belmont will still get dirty to do the job. He'll complain about it, but he will get dirty. He'll complain about it, but he will still jump into the mud to go to help rescue Lana. He will still do the job. This guy stood on the shoreline and was like, oh, I'm sorry, Zelda, but you know, we'll meet again. How many princesses did he let get killed because he was too busy worrying about his white cloak?
0: So yeah, I suppose this was a stronger script, but it's also a pretty basic morality play that doesn't have any real surprises to it.
1: I just said it was an 80s rom-com.
0: I don't know. At least they didn't make the uh,
2: Prince, like, an evil, like, servant of Ganon or something, which a lot of other shows probably would have done. Right.
0: Yeah. Now, the live-action bit ends with Marilyn and crew moving their party all the way to California, and it turning out, they used up all the electricity in the process, putting the Mario Brothers back in the dark.
1: Wah-wah.
0: They need to get help from
2: Edison or cousin it's brother yeah. yeah like i said he's a what's it
0: yep what's it <laughs> so i i have to be blunt i ate this up as a kid and if oh, i yeah. were able to get back into that mentality i'd probably still be eating it up but this is this is a me thing here folks i personally have a hard time turning off my brain for certain types of cheesy stuff for this cartoon, I'd have to kind of unlearn my memories of it and approach it more like I would Masters of the Universe or she Even then, certain things like Zelda's plan in the first episode not including a landing method are going to irk me. Which really puts this cartoon in kind of the lesser category of shows we've reviewed for me personally. I mean, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Again, there's good voice acting... Great character models, especially for the rank-and-file baddies, and it's mostly competently animated, barring some odd errors, but the writing is still kind of pedestrian, and it doesn't have the same goofy charm the Mario cartoons do for me.
1: Except Super Mario World.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's still better than that, that, yes. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I actually like the
2: show. Um, I will... But it, it, I'm not going to call it good by any stretch of the imagination. But I will say I feel this cartoon is way overhated. Because I see so many people... I've seen people claim this is the... That the Zelda cartoon is the worst video game-based cartoon in, like, videos and stuff. Have because you seen does, the
0: Saturday Supercade people?
2: Yeah. And, and they're like... And, and the complaint is, it's like, it's not accurate to the the, ga- the epic scope of the game. And I'm like,
0: there was no epic scope back then. Exactly. I'm like, dude, you can't judge this cartoon on what the series is now. <laughs> now, we should let Chrissy go uninterrupted. Chrissy, the floor is yours.
1: So, I, I still enjoy this cartoon. There is a lot of problematic things in it. If you look at it through today's eyes, and that's the thing, you can't, the hard thing with older cartoons is you have to take in the time period upon which it was created. It was created in 1980s. Guess what games were out then? Zelda 1, Zelda 2. That's it, people. Don't look at the epic scope of, of the Zelda series. Honestly, any cartoon that they make now with the epic scope of Zelda, you ain't gonna do it. Zelda's too big. It's too epic and you're not going to please everybody. I enjoy the camp of this, of this show. Unlike James, I can actually turn off my brain and just walk into something and be like, I'm just not going to compare it to other things. I'm just going to sit here, watch it and take it for what it is. I I have that ability for some reason. Is this the best cartoon I've seen? No. Is it the worst cartoon I've seen? No. No. Is this something I'm going to purposely seek out if I want to watch a cartoon? No. But I enjoy it. As a Zelda fan, this was a good attempt to making a Zelda cartoon. And it's hard. You're not going to please everybody. Like I said, it is problematic. They're horny as hell. Sorry. But they are. These are teenagers. But I do agree, it does miss the goofy charm of the Mario Brothers. So when you compare it to the Mario cartoons that were on during the week and you jump to this, it's jarring, the contrast. So that's my thoughts.
2: I kind of feel like this should have been its own show altogether. I agree. But-
1: it should have been its own thing. But what can you do? That's what they want to do. You
0: know, again, it's just I I, I can't turn off this one side of my brain.
1: Oh no, and that's that's completely fair.
0: Yes. So, while the Zelda cartoon proper may have ended with the shuddering of the Super Mario Bros. Super Show, this cast still stuck around to appear in the second season of Captain N, with the characters getting redesigned a little bit.
1: I will say those episodes were kind of fun.
0: Yep. And Link drops his excuse me princess line. Most notably... In the redesign department, they bared Zelda's midriff to match Princess Lada's look, which felt egregious and unnecessary even as I was entering the age when I was starting to really notice girls. After that, the lone animated projects to feature the Zelda characters following this are the now infamous Philips CDI games, ground which has been covered innumerable times elsewhere and would be redundant for us to do here as strictly a cartoon podcast.
1: I do not acknowledge their existence, and I never will.
0: It sure is boring around here.
1: <sighs> I do not acknowledge their existence, and I will never will. That's how horrible they are. If I'm saying they don't exist, <laughs> you I know have, it's bad.
2: I just had to repeat my joke from earlier.
1: I, it was It was fair. It was a good spot for it.
0: But now is as good a time as any. To briefly mention the Valiant Comics line based on the games. Because Deke's design for Zelda resurfaced there, opposite a more games-accurate looking Link. Which is kind of jarring. <laughs> Which is considerable proof to me that Nintendo did indeed love Deke's original design for the princess. It's a good design, I'll be honest. It
1: was a good design, and I, I think it, I want to almost say that probably that design probably inspired them to, to go with the chic the idea of chic for Zelda in uh, Ocarina.
0: Now, Deke's visual take on Ganon also appeared there, and Link's pursuit of a kiss returns as well, in spite of the generally more serious tone compared to the cartoons. I have some lightheartedness in here. Mm-hmm. The series lasted for five issues, with a sixth appearing as the seventh issue of the sister series' Nintendo Comics system. This contrasts with the Mario comics, which borrowed far less from their deep counterparts, except for Bowser's design, to the point of even featuring Wart in some stories. Hmm. All told, Valiant's publishing of Nintendo Comics didn't last all that long, ceasing original publication altogether around the time that Nintendo's 16-bit system was ramping up for North American release. Now, there was also a Zelda comic in Nintendo Power, but that doesn't use anything from the Deke series, so it's also a little outside the scope of this discussion.
1: Yeah, it was just a um, an adaptation of um, A Link to the Past, was what it was, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Now, beyond that, well, Nintendo shied away from the majority of media adaptations of their work for a long time. The experience of the live-action Super Mario Brothers movie was a bit more than the notoriously reserved and conservative company could handle both critically and creatively, and not even the wild success of the Pokemon anime would change their minds. But Pokemon is always the exception, since Nintendo only owned so much stake in that franchise, with the rest being held by Game Freak and Creatures, Inc., the holding company all three have a share in called the Pokemon Company. There was also Kirby right back at you, but that also runs into similar co-ownership situations with HAL Laboratories. Nothing 100% Nintendo owned would get a massive media adaptation outside of Japan for years. With Nintendo getting sufficiently spooked by leaks of pre-production talks with Netflix for a live-action Zelda series for them to completely back out. Um, oops. Future James here. I completely forgot about F-Zero, which got a 51-episode anime out of Ashy Productions and was put out by 4Kids Entertainment here in the United States. F-Zero is always the one in the weird place in Nintendo history, isn't it?
1: Which I never understood that because the response to that was largely positive and people were foaming at the mouth for it. Like they really wanted that to happen. Yeah. I couldn't understand it. Like when they back, when they, when they were like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like people really wanted that. And, and it was like, they were really excited for it. Cause it was going to be, I think it was going to be based off of the story of the Ocarina of Time, which is one of the better fleshed out storylines. And I'm like, dudes, like you're crazy to back out of this. Like you're gonna make so much money. I
2: think they still have some PTSD from the '80s and '90s.
1: And and, then, and that's fair. And but when they were coming out with it, it was like after Castlevania, like was a huge hit too for Capcom when they did the Castlevania series. I'm like, you mean guys, Konami or Konami? So I'm like, come on, guys, really?
0: Given <laughs> like, your feelings about Konami, I can understand the slip. Yeah,
1: I'm pretending Konami doesn't exist. I'm just mad at them for how they treated some of their creators.
0: I'm mad at
2: them for killing Hudson, but that's beside the point.
1: Oh. Oh, Yeah, give me another reason to not like Konami. So, it would take the mammoth
0: success of Illumination Entertainment's Super Mario Bros. CGI movie last year to get Nintendo fully out of their shell to forge a contract with Sony, of all companies to bring Link and Zelda to the big screen in live action at a as-yet-undetermined date.
1: Which is fine. Take your time. Do it right. I'm okay but, with man, that. man,
0: it is so weird seeing Sony CEOs gush about a Nintendo property.
1: I know, right? <laughs> it's like... Especially given that me? history. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah.
2: The whole reason the PlayStation exists is an F you to Nintendo,
1: which even Nintendo, which Nintendo didn't care about. Like that was the part that that killed me. Was like Sony was like yeah FU to Nintendo, and Nintendo's just like hi, welcome to welcome to the console wars. Good luck, because you know Microsoft's a bunch of jerks. And and, and really, that's all what the console wars brought down to was Sony versus Microsoft, and Nintendo just stood in the corner going, we're just gonna do our thing. Like, I love how Sony was trying to pick a fight with Nintendo and then ended up picking a fight with Microsoft instead.
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, it's the end of the podcast, and uh, I can't exactly ask for a kiss because we're just doing this remotely. What am I going to do? Kiss the pop filter
1: on my microphone? That would be an interesting picture.
0: It's
2: the next commission.
1: Yes, it is.
2: Considering the problems you're having with, with this show, James... Does that mean I should compare some of our future shows with this?
1: Oh my god! This should be. This oh is going to be dear. the. New, this is going to be the next one. It's it's Lassie's Rescue Rangers or Legend of Zelda, which is hey, hey there we
0: go. No, oh, oh. this was still better than Darkstalkers. What about Lassie?
1: What about Lassie?
0: It's still better than Lassie.
1: We we haven't we have, we have a new standard, people.
0: <laughs> well, Lassie <laughs> remains
2: the bar. Lassie is the worst as far as I'm concerned.
1: <laughs> I know. It's kind of sad. We haven't found anything worse yet.
0: Yet. yet, yeah. It's coming.
1: <laughs> we just haven't found it yet.
0: I guess it's time to restock the lawn, lawn milk. <laughs> Good night, everybody.
1: Just don't See pick ya. up the cuckoos. Bye. The
0: James the sort of hopefully funny
2: cartoon podcast.
0: The preceding podcast is a co-production of the Mighty Monkey Corporation and Artificial Orange Studios. The theme song is written, composed, and performed by Shawn Michaels Smith. For questions and comments, email me at james at fc3roc.org.